Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. You are doing very well, by the way, on college games often. How did this happen? You know, it's, it's, you know anybody that fools with this stuff, it, it, you get hot in one place and cold in another place. Okay. You get hot here and you can't lose that. And, you know, was, boy, someone bookmaking bad news had got, I said, do you take Paul A? She said, I would swim the river to take a <laughs> <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Let's speak to that. Uh, everybody did well. And even uh, Reginald did not have a losing week. Reginald was 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Giants and Jets game turned out to be an even thing. So Reginald is 7-16-1, which is terrible. But everybody else won. Jeff Ma was 4-1. So he's now up to 19-25. Carville was 7-2 because he had two double plays on Arizona and Arizona State. So he's 35 and 23, and Chuck Todd was five one and one. He's 30. He's leading the pack. He's yeah, he, 34 20 and Eagles two. Eagles fourth quarter helped uh, Chuck and Reginald. Um, the Eagles fourth quarter helped them. Seattle's late touchdown helped them. Seattle covered by half a point. Philadelphia covered by half a point. Uh, so Chuck had two of those games. Jeff had one of those games. Carville, the one that I thought was a complete loser, Denver plus seven and a half at Kansas City. Genius. Outright, not at Kansas City, at Denver. Outright. Wins it outright. Carville won three of his four college games. He must have had a tip on the flu. And got two. Yeah, he got two. uh, Yeah, Mahomes' flu. He got two as a double play. It's so absurd because what happens is I, I I can't get the score. Carville's games are so exotic, like Troy and Texas State. So I have to wait until Sunday morning, and then I have to ask Alexa, Alexa, what was the score of the Troy-Texas State game yesterday? And sometimes I get, I can't help with that, <laughs> because it's these are such minor games that nobody really So they're understands. not even on the scroll on the bottom of Sports Center. No, there's nothing. There's nothing with some of these games. Carvel must be, it's got to be T-Boy, right? Oh, it's yeah, everything has to be T-Boy. T-boy. All right, um, Nigel is not with us today. We hope he's back later in the week, taking a couple of days off. This comes from... Don Weiss. I'm just going to read this. I got this. I got an odd one the other day where it said, you may remember me. You were my counselor, Tioga, Ken Lehrer. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, and actually, I think I got him confused with his younger brother, Johnny, who only ate bananas. But since Ken Lehrer did not write me back on any level. A better story. I have no idea. This is from Don Weiss. It's very simple. Hey, Tony, I've always been a big fan of your sports coverage, including when you were doing high school sports for Newsday in the early 70s. See attached article from 1971 when I pitched a five-hitter versus Cold Spring Harbor. Don Weiss. Okay, now as you know, I don't remember anything I've ever written. I mean, I, have, I, I actually don't. I mean, if you t- people say all the time, I love this column on this, and I, no, I don't remember But you saved all. every clipping. Except the ones that were thrown out. Yeah, I saved every clipping. Yeah, but I don't read them. I've never reread them. I saved them so that you, at some point, could teach your children that I had talent at a job that no longer exists. Newspaper writing. No long, it, by that time, it'll no longer exist. What's so, great is all your all your style columns are are archived online, so I can go back oh, that's I, nice. and I can search for well, bad like, things that books. you said about me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say anything. No, bad. I got I got the good end of it. Yeah. So um, Liz, on the other hand, yeah. The so I started stories. at Newsday in 1970. 
in July of 1970, and I was a high school sports writer. There were four high school sports writers at the time. It was me, Pete Alfano, John Johnson, and Dennis Weintraub. And Johnson and Weintraub covered Suffolk County, and Alfano and I covered Nassau County. Or maybe Dennis and I covered Nassau County. I don't know. But I was in Nassau County. One of the reasons I got the job was because I could... I grew up on Long Island, and I had a car, and I could drive to all the high schools. I knew where they were. So I got the job. It wasn't because I had any particular talent. This one just says, by Tony Kornheiser, the strange case, cases of the shell-shocked head and splinted leg were solved yesterday, and the solutions gave East Meadow and Wheatley league wins and high school baseball action. Now, there's no dateline on this, which makes me believe that all these things were called in and then I found something that I thought was interesting and called out to someone else. The shell-shocked head belonged to East Meadow pitcher Richard Safier. He was pitching in the top of the first inning when a Valley Stream Central batter smashed a line drive off Safier's head and into center field for a single. Um, I hung a pitch, Safier said. The next thing I know was off my head. It wasn't anything special. I was ready to pitch right away. He must have been because over five innings, he yielded nothing but a scratch single, not the one off his head. As East Meadow shut out Central... 10-0. My kid pitched a hell of a game, said Coach Mike Kostiniak, I guess. I don't know who they are. I don't know who these are. Gloves weren't the problem for Wheatley's Don Weiss. His left leg was. He had injured it over the weekend, jumping up the steps of his house three at a time. And he had a splint on the leg when he pitched yesterday against Cold Spring Harbor. Didn't bother me too much. I had pitched with a straight leg before, Weiss said. The only bother was to Cold Spring Harbor, as Weiss shut out the Harborman 2 nothing on five hits. My pitches were dipping, Weiss said. They had a practice against the pitching machine, which gets the ball straight, and I guess they couldn't handle the dips. It goes on. I don't want to bore you with the rest of it, but I, that's what I think happened. It's a roundup kind of story, and I probably made a couple of phone calls. But if you are written about in a newspaper, Newsday's a major newspaper. If you're written about in a newspaper and it reflects well on you, of course you save it for the rest of your life. This is, what, 52 years ago, and Don Weiss still has this. And that's very flattering it's to me. It's power print. It's very flattering to me. He probably has it framed. He should have it framed. There's no reason not to. I got a bunch of stories framed. The ones that I got on A1 in Newsday, in the New York Times, and the Washington Post, I framed those. And you're in a magazine, right? Magazine stories. I framed all the magazine stories from a variety of magazines, like... I mean, odd magazines. For some reason, I was in Cosmopolitan. I have no idea why. Uh, magazines that don't exist anymore. New York Magazine. I don't. Does, Sean, does New York Magazine still exist? Uh, yes. I, I, I mean, you don't see it out in the wild, but it exists as a website. And yeah, so I was in New York Magazine and Sports Illustrated and Sport, which doesn't exist anymore, and Inside Sports, which doesn't exist anymore. I barely exist, and most of the things I wrote for do not exist. Rolling Stone still exists, though. I believe Rolling Stone exists. I it think does. so. You know, the New Yorker still exists, but I wasn't in the New Yorker, and Remnick has never called to yeah, say, New could York you is write not something? For you. That's out of your I league. wasn't big enough. I just wasn't big enough. Oh, uh, we, had lovely, we had lovely weather in Washington over the weekend, and I was able to play golf two days, and, and my worst nightmare comes true. I play on Saturday, and I played great. I really played great. I had two birdies. I've never had two birdies before. I birdied 10 and 12. I, it just never happened. 10 and 13. That's right. 10 and 13. A part 12. Uh, no, 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 no. I doubled 12. I part 5. The other part 5. 12 was course. one of your three doubles, if I remember the voicemail correctly. 1, 12, and 18. But everything else was good. I shot like 83 or 84. I mean, I just, for me, par is 90. I'm a 20. Par is 90. And I shot 83 or 84. And I played great. I didn't hit four bad shots the whole round. I didn't. Yesterday, I, I, when I played with my son, I was ghastly. I did not break 100. If you scored, if you scored accurately for me, I'm not sure I broke 110 because of my troubles in the sand. I was in on Saturday, I was in one or two sand traps and was able to get out. Yesterday, I think people know there's 18 holes on the course. I was in the sand on the following holes. 2, 4, 7, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 17. Ten times in the sand. Once maybe I got out in one. I was banging it out two, three, four times. It was terrible. I was terrible. And I, and I, I had this fear it would happen because, you know, I wanted to play well in front of I mean, I had a lot of fun. It was fine. 
But I was terrible. It's like when you shut down those sports magazines from the 70s. I knew when I went, teed it up with you that I would shut it down. Your great play. It was just, I got know. the greatest voicemail from you on Saturday midday. We're, we're out of Parker just playing with the kids. A minute and a half voicemail where you start by saying, I know no one else wants to hear this, but I can tell you. I'm sitting there going, I don't want to hear this, but to hear hole it in hole. your voice. Hole by hole. Yeah. Hole by hole. And That's then yesterday. Terrible. Just terrible. But um, you know what? You still put the mark down and you hold out. There's a joy in putting a number next to your name. Yeah. No, and that was, and that's fine. Um, we played yesterday. You drove the ball very long yesterday. You're well, driving I'm, it I'm long. swinging as hard as I can, and I'm, I am hitting it off of the map. But you know what? We're having fun. We're playing golf. Yeah. We've had the most beautiful fall weather the last couple of days. Felt like a, a, an extra burst of summer. And yesterday, was, I could just see it in your eyes where you just go, this is the end. We have the changing of the clocks coming up. Yeah. We have our first freeze this week. I'm not going to be able to get out even for nine holes Tuesday before my PTI call. So I could just see you look defeated. Yeah, well, there was a certain defeat. I mean, right away, I mean, just put it in the sand right away. I'm just, I don't know. It was lovely to be out. The leaves have turned. Uh, Many are fallen, but still many trees have beautiful around here, beautiful red and orange and The maples were done. They turned early and they're beginning to fall. uh, But the course looked beautiful. And I do. And like now that I'm walking the dog in darkness and starting next week. Now, this happens on Saturday. You turn the clocks back Saturday night, Sunday morning. There's going to be darkness, total darkness for the evening walk for the dog. It's going to be totally dark by five o'clock. Right. Oh, yeah. Five fifteen, something like yeah, that. Five, probably early fives. And then by right around Christmas into the fours, early fours. Yeah. You know, now the optimism is that December 21st is the shortest day. Oh, we go through this all the time. It's not actually the shortest day. It seems like it's the shortest day because it, they say it's the winter solstice. Anyway, I'll, I'll shut up. Um, let's get to Wilbon because Wilbon had a very, very busy week. So Michael Wilbon, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us from Scott Cranfill in Rochester, New York, formerly the band Violet Mary. It's been a while since I sent any music your way, but I'm writing today to share some new music from a dear friend of mine, Scott Austin, and his American rock band, Austin Hollow. Uh, Aside from being an excellent friend, he's a very talented songwriter, guitarist, and vocalist who wrote all the music and most of the lyrics on his first full-length album, The Fisherman, which was produced by Violet Mary's own guitarist and vocalist Mike Muscarella. Band also includes his wife, Mel Muscarella, lead singer and keyboard player in Violet Mary, and one of Rochester's best rhythm sections, Jonah Chartrand on bass and Sean Scanlon on drums. This is called Out of Ohio. The band is called Austin Hollow. It's lovely, and it plays in Michael Wilbon. Let's start with this. And we reach a point in a football season, and we're going to get to a lot of different things, but we reach a point in a football season where you go, really? Really? What happened here? And, and I know that we could say what happened to Kansas City in a division game at Denver. It's a very surprising loss, but, you know, maybe Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are on to something. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they are. But what has happened to the 49ers? Mike, I thought the 49ers were the best team in football. Three in a row is not something you can shrug off. No, Tony, it isn't. Um, it isn't. But I don't. I, I don't approach the season that way, the same way you do. I mean, I, I'm observing the season, and let's see. You know, every year, you know, Sports Center wants us to, you know, you know, 
live or die on a pole on like week one. And I just say, can you please stop? Can we please get to six or seven weeks? So we're at that point now. And there's, there, you know what, Tony? If there's a great team, if it has yet to sort of reveal itself, it could be Philadelphia. Could be Baltimore, uh, actually. Could be Baltimore. It could be. It could be. I yeah. just, you know, like me, this is the fun of the season is seeing it unfold. This is pro sports, not college. You have to come out with a poll on on Tuesday and have people agree. Or do that. I, I don't. I don't look at the season that way, um, especially not in pro sports. There's too many great teams. These teams are paid to be good. The draft is concocted to be good. There's no travel portal, a transfer portal. You have to, you know, <laughs> acquiring players is difficult, and there's dearth of them. And so, I I don't. I wasn't looking to Kansas City and. San Francisco was runaways. I thought that I too thought they were the best teams, but they're not. They haven't emerged as that yet. And good. I mean, Kansas City. Kansas City's offense is bad. Wonder who's wonder who's coaching that unit now. Who is coaching? Idea? Oh, that's your boy, Matt Nagy. Yeah, yeah, that's your boy. He used Matt to Nagy coach has there. Turned Patrick Mahomes into ordinary. Well, I think I think losing Tyreek Hill hurts. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a great player. Did it hurt last year, did it? No, not okay. as much as right now. No. So I take no. notes during the games. I take notes. And I took a series of notes, and they were separated by 5, 10, 20 minutes, 2 hours, whatever it was. The first note I took was, I don't think Jordan Love is any good. And the second note I took was, I'm not sure Brock Purdy is any good. And the third no. note was... I know Joe Burrow is good. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that was what, that's yeah. what I yeah. watched yesterday. You know what I mean? You, you, you watch yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. Cincinnati with health is, it appears to be back on track. Yeah. It really does with Joe Burrow's health specifically, also some offensive linemen. So maybe there's a conclusion to be drawn about them. It's still going to take three or four more weeks. It's okay. That's why they have a season. And that's why our sports have playoffs. This is not the English Premier League. You look at the tables, and I mean, this, you know, we got, we got time. People can play themselves into contention. People can play themselves out of it. I mean, people, there's probably a three and four team right now that could catch fire. Well, so Cincinnati, I, I just, yeah, Cincinnati you know, looks like that team at, at, at the moment. At the moment. So the other the thing moment. I noticed, there were a lot of quarterbacks who got hurt yesterday. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor was out. Matthew Stafford was out. Kirk Cousins has apparently gotten a torn ACL. Kenny Pickett was out. Desmond Ritter was out. And if you yeah. add to that, like if you add to that, Daniel Jones had been out. Aaron Rodgers missing the whole season. Kyler Murray hasn't played. Justin Fields is out. Deshaun yeah. Watson is out. I'm not saying they're all really good quarterbacks because they're not. But there is now a dearth of great quarterbacks. I mean, there's, there's, always a dearth of, there's, there's always people a dearth playing of that I've never heard of. Because you've like, got to play second and third stringers in a yes. league where there are barely enough first stringers. Yes. It's football, man. It's football. And the, the, the league has done everything it can to legislate defense out anyway. And somehow defense has prevailed, which I'm not upset about because that's what I appreciate about pro football. Ryan Tannehill out. Anthony yeah. Richardson out. I mean, yeah. there's a guy who was playing yesterday named Tommy DeVito. Could be Danny DeVito's kid for all I know. <laughs> I mean, and, and that is the position. Look, you can conceivably win a Super Bowl without a really good quarterback. It has happened. Uh, but most of the time, uh, it's, it's a really good quarterback to win, right? Most yeah, of the time. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's only about two or three, I don't know, 15 really good quarterbacks. Anyway, in the best of times, yeah. and then when you have a run of injuries like you do now, then you know you how many how many terrific quarterbacks there right now, healthy, you know, standing and playing. I don't know eight, ten instead of fifteen. Uh, it's, it's, certainly, it's football. Certainly I, down. You know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have any teeth gnashing because of that. I don't. Um, you're one of those people who's watched. Cousins since he got to Minnesota because that's yep. your division. They yep. are one of those teams that often makes a run and gets to the playoffs. Yeah, this is a bad break for them. Yeah, yeah, they, they've made those runs because of Cousins. Yes, 
And yes. so they don't have him now. And again, nobody's backup is so good that, you know, Cousins isn't so, Cousins is on the fence of what you and I are talking about. He's Cousins 12 to 15. Be that tw- you, exactly. He's 12 to 15. So you That's lose that guy, and then they don't even have a quarterback they're willing, willing to commit to. Their, their coach would not commit to the backup yesterday. Well, there's a trade deadline. You know, I mean, there's a t- well, there's nobody to trade for. I don't know. You, you don't know. You, you don't know yeah, if yeah, somebody do. becomes yeah, available. You yeah, don't think do. there's nobody to trade for. So you don't think you could trade? Let's say, for example, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray isn't any good. But what is Kyler Murray done? Kyler Murray went eight and zero last year and couldn't make the playoffs. What? We, what? Kyler Murray's not any good. Kyler Murray can run around and make some plays, right? And make you go ooh and ah. He can do that. Kyler Murray's not a top ten quarterback or fifteen. He's not. So they, who they're going to get? Kyler Murray was the guy I was thinking of that he would become okay, available. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know. Seriously, I don't know. <laughs> you got you got Kyler Murray being. Uh, I I don't have that. I don't have Kyler Murray being a guy who's a difference maker. He makes some nice plays, right? And then his team loses seven out of ten to, to every time to finish the season. Did you, there's a statistic that I saw this morning, which was really jumped out at me. The Dallas Cowboys either win by 20 or more or lose by 20 or more. Yeah. That's why you could never have faith in that team. Never. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Never have, you never have faith in them because they never, they never do the things at the end of the season which lead to you having faith, whether it's point margins that you're indicating. I certainly did not know that. That's really whether odd. They're a little, whether they're losing a bunch of games by single digits. So I, I don't, you know, the Cowboys. But, Tony, if now, right now, Dak Prescott is probably one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the league right now. I would have him eight. Yes, six to, six to, somewhere six to nine, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Well, if you got that, then you've got a chance. And you don't even know who, whether you could keep your guy upright or other teams, rivals can keep theirs upright. That's no, you're right. So I was watching uh, the, the Giants Jets game was simply horrific. It was bad. Yeah. They had 24 punts in the game. It was yeah, just it was so awful. And yeah. Graham Gano missed a 35 yarder that would have won the game for the Giants. And the Jets got back in it, and the Jets yeah. went in overtime. And right. as I was screaming about that, you were admiring the fight in the Washington team. Yes, I was. I thought that the that the that the Washington team. Uh, Played well enough to win again against Philadelphia. They did not. This is overtime on the road and last second stuff at home. Um, but I, I like the way they played. I'm, not, I'm still, you know, not decided about Sam Howell. But in a league right, where quarterbacks right. are impossible to come by, I'm not going to discard him. Right. I'm not going to say me too. Bench him. Who's coming? You got Earl Morrill coming off the bench. No. What we, I no. mean, so you know they 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 had some unfortunate plays yesterday, even on offense, where they had drops and stuff. But I thought they accounted, gave a good accounting of themselves. The Washington team yesterday, I really did. All right, so we're going to go off that, and we're going to go to other sports for a second. And I said you admired the fight in the Washington team. Speaking mm-hmm. of fights, Tyson Fury got knocked down. Yeah. What'd you think of that? He won the fight. What'd you think of that? I, I, I didn't watch the fight. I, I didn't even know the fight was coming on at like 6 p.m. It was in Saudi Arabia. I, guess. I didn't know that. And so I, I would have I watched it. Um, but I'm told by people who did watch it that Tyson Fury flat out lost. That the yeah. judgment was a lie. It was a fraud. This is boxing, for God's sake. I'm told it was a straight-up lie that Tyson Fury got beat. I'm told that by multiple people who watched the fight. By a guy who never fought. A guy who, who was an MMA fight. guy. The first fight. Right, first fight. Now, you know Ngannou's a tough guy, and he was trained by one of the great tough guys of all time, Michael Tyson. Mike T- yeah, Mike Tyson. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I heard immediately when the fight was in his last stages, I started getting texts from buddies of mine who were watching saying this is a total fraud. So, I, you know, I didn't see it. But... I'm persuaded by people I know who know what they're watching that it was okay. I know he got knocked down, and I was sort of I was yeah. very surprised at that. Yeah, very surprised because we remember when Ali fought the guy, the wrestler, and the rules were sort of changed, and 
Aoki or something? Something like that. And Ali yeah. won the fight, but it was so weird looking because the guy yeah. was down I, on the I, ground. That, that's the reason why I didn't I figure, to get it. I figure if Nagano knocks him down, then he probably tries to jump on him and, you know, hit him in the head, you know, and all of that. So I, I, didn't, I didn't. All right. I want to move to college football. You had a big day. You won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tony. I beat Maryland. <laughs> when I, you know, from week three, I said to you, there's no great team out there. Don't tell me Ohio State's great. They're not. Don't. And I started with them because that's my, my conference. And I told you I don't believe in Florida State either, not in terms of being a great team. Now, you don't have to be great to win it if there's no great team. I think if Georgia beats Alabama if, at Alabama next well, week. Well, I don't think they're going to do that. Okay. I think Georgia's going to lose. But what I'm saying is that would be that might hint at greatness. Yeah. But, you know, we won. Tony, how about this? Our record the last two years, so 2021 and 22, was 4-20. and 20. We've won four games this time, Good. this year. Without a with coach. Our interim coach, David Braun, is to be hugged and saluted. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. I did say interim head coach. He's still interim. But our kids like playing for him. He, I mean, he's playing a backup quarterback. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it. But, but, but this is true. Tony Northwestern is a game back of the lead in the, in the Big Ten West. That's unbelievable to me. I thought yeah. they would be Michigan yeah. State and just be done. And we didn't. We're not. Done. We're not, and we got Iowa at home Saturday. Not exactly a scoring machine, Iowa. No, we got Iowa at home. Now, I'm sure Iowa will be favored. Wasn't Maryland favored by, like, two touchdowns? Yes. How'd that go? How'd that work? I saw Kevin Sheehan Saturday morning who said to me, I loaded up on that one. I knew that Maryland was not going to cover on that one. I don't care about points. I care about the win. We Uh beat Maryland, and we can beat Iowa. Yeah. And we we could... if we beat Iowa, and I was in the West. Your side Minnesota, is the easier Nebraska. side. That's the easier side, the West. Yes, yes, it that, is. But that's you know, I mean, side. that's you know, so so some years is the NFC East. I mean, you that's know, right. They got a division. All you can do is win it or not. That's right. And so what do you think, do you think, think happened to Clemson? What has happened to Clemson? Well, there's a couple of things that happened to Clemson. It's, it's very definable. One of them is Dabo Sweeney doesn't believe in in the transfer, transfer portal. portal. Yeah. Right. I guarantee you his, his closest peers do. I guarantee you they do. <laughs> they do. So, like, what's going to happen there? I, what, what's, are the people who run Clemson going to have to talk with Dabble Sweeney? I don't know what his NIL situation is. I don't know if Clemson is, which has all the money to do whatever they want to do. Do they have a collective that works? What is that situation? I I, I am neck deep in that at a school where when you're trying to hire a new coach, you've got to know what the candidates think of the transfer portal and NIL. Oh, and you can't so, you can't take a guy whose feet are stuck in twenty years ago. You can't no, do you it. can't. And Tony, no. no, Tony, that's what happens at a lot of schools. I, so I was told this. First of all, there's going to be upheaval in three weeks. Because their coaches at places in the ACC and Pac-12, they're distressed assets. They are being told by their peers, hey, I know you're having a good run. You've got to leave there. Okay, that's, that's, that's one part of the equation. Um, and it's, it, there's, there's going to be, there's gonna be there, there are peers. There's going to be some upheaval. And people are going to move that you aren't anticipating. So I, the, the college football landscape is in to, it, college football is in total chaos. Anyway. We're gonna we're gonna look back someday. I believe this, and we're gonna say the guy who who started the trend you're talking about was Brian Kelly, going from Notre Dame to LSU. I believe that. Um, I don't know. I I. I there, I mean, you could you could identify anybody leaving Notre Dame as, as being the guy because it's Notre Dame, but I don't I don't know about that. I mean, people left, you know, Wisconsin. People left schools that had as much success 
of Notre Dame. They're not as famous. But there's a, I bet you if we sat down with a list of Power 5 schools, I could find a dozen guys who did the same thing. Maybe. Uh, no, I'm, 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 You're I'll probably bet you. right. You're probably right. We can right. do that. So, but, but college football is in total upheaval. Tony, there are only two conferences right yeah, now. There, that the can change, too. SEC and the Big Ten is all that yeah, matter. That's, that's all right. Is. Yeah. All there is. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, Tony. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Richard Justice will join us. We haven't talked about the World Series. And I will confess something to Justice very early on. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Austin Hollow from Rochester, New York. This is called You Should Know Better. Michael, if people like Austin Hollow want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. And do we have a Johnny O code? Uh, end of the month, but uh, Tony K 46 has another day or two. So uh, get geared up with your favorite college and MLB apparel. I like Johnny O. It's, it's quarter zip season. Getting chilly yeah. out there. It is. Well, it's not now, but well, it will getting. be by tomorrow. Richard Justice joins us now. I teased this before we got to you that... I had a confession to make. I have watched the World Series to the degree that I can before I fall asleep. When I Me don't too. make it, I don't make it till the end. But I have my confession is I have no sense of it. We are two games in. I have no idea which team is better, which team will win, any of that. I think it's a pivotal start for Max Scherzer, and I have great fears about that because I do think that if he's wrecked out there then you lose a starter for game seven if it goes seven and it changes the complexion of the series we have now seen that arizona can win on the road we have to see if texas can win on the road but i have no sense of it do you uh no sense at all um remember the rangers are eight no in the on the road in the postseason no team in history has ever won wow nine in a in a postseason and max one of the things max told the writers yesterday was in 2019, we proved we could win every game yeah. on the road, so it's possible. The surprise to me is that Arizona has dominated the series. They're so, yes. These two teams are so different in that, you know, Texas is, is, is built around the big smash. Arizona doesn't do that. The Rangers have only had a lead in three of the 20 innings, and they are a, a blown save away from being 0-2. The Diamondbacks do not strike out. They've stolen five bases. They had three sack bunts in game two. No team had done that in 12 years. Evan Longoria, Evan Longoria had his first sack bunt since 2014. And they had 16 hits in game two. The Diamondbacks did 13 singles. So they, they, they do things a certain way. Uh, but what, what we saw in game two is Merrill Kelly was absolutely surgical. And so what do the, what will the Rangers get out of, of Max today? You know, the, the Diamondbacks are going with this kid fought who's been pretty good. He gave up, uh, his major league debut was against the Rangers and he gave up, uh, three home runs. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, um, if I'm the Diamondbacks, I'm feeling pretty darn good about things. I said this the other day on, on the PTI show. I said, look, I look at Texas and I see a lot of guys who can hit home runs. I look at the top starters, Valdi and Montgomery, and I think they can win. I think they're sort of like Nola and Wheeler. I do. And so I said, so that means I'm saying they're Philadelphia. And this other team just beat Philadelphia. (laughs) Beat them four out of five and two in a row on the road. Richard, I thought Valdi and Montgomery were going to win. And... Merrill Kelly, I have no idea how good he is. None, zero. Well, he's good, and he threw strikes. He doesn't walk people. He went back and reinvented himself in Korea and Korea yeah. and came back. I mean, it's you know, it's it, it, what was the? Uh, I mean, to me, and I think you agreed. I think I heard you say this. Philadelphia, for most of the postseason, looked like the best team. Yes, I mean, they didn't hit the ball. They crush the ball, but when you rely on that, you are vulnerable to great pitching. I, I guess everybody's vulnerable to great pitching. So what you have is this little scrappy team. It's really interesting how they, you know, Corbin Carroll's 23, Moreno's 23, Perdomo's 24. I mean, 
you know, they get Pham. And nobody thinks about w- w- that Tommy Pham's going to be a difference maker acquired from the Mets. You know, he's 35, Evan Longoria's 38. It's just an interesting mix of players that play the game a different way. And one of the things you'll probably ask is, well, is this playing the game a different way? Is this a byproduct of the new rules changes? I think it's a byproduct of having a great manager in Tori Lovello and saying, what do we do well? Let's do more of that. This is an enormous start for Scherzer, is it not? <laughs> is it's it a not? Big one. And, 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 but, but also, I mean, one of the things he said, they asked him, he said, hey, look, you didn't start a game after September 12th in the regular season. You've gone six and two-thirds innings in two postseason starts and, been killed. and haven't been very good about it. And he just said, you've got to match the moment. And so, you know, you know as well as anybody, it would be wrong to bet against him. But yes. right now, yes. if this is going to be a bullpen game, and, and these two teams are going to play three days in a row now, and so that advantage, that's going to stress the bullpens. And unless Bochy can figure out some magic to get those starters turned temporary relievers like Haney and Dane Dunning and those guys, John Gray, those guys, one of those guys will start tomorrow. But um, it, it favors the bullpen, definitely favors Arizona, and that probably means the World Series favors Arizona. Uh, it's a statistic that I like very much, so I'll quote it again. In Game 7 in Philadelphia, <laughs> five different relief pitchers for Arizona in the last five innings. There was one hit allowed. It was allowed in the fifth, which means that six, seven, eight, nine, the Philadelphia Phillies got no hits at home. They got no hits against four different guys. I would bet on those guys, right? And yet yeah, in and Game 1, you, they got beat. Right, got beat. I think you have big sluggers. Um, you're going to have big slumps too. This is the thing about that's been interesting about the Rangers. Forty and twenty on June sixth, they go through. They lose sixteen out of twenty at one point in the second half. They had an eight-game losing streak. They lose the division on the final day of the season. And it's not. And you you point to the bullpen. The bullpen, Tony. Their bullpen was so bad that you would turn on the television this summer, I did anyway, and just watch a slow-motion disaster because you could see it coming really? in the sixth and seventh, in the sixth and seventh innings. But it's not just that. Their big boys aren't hitting. Seager's not hitting right now, although he had one pretty good swing in the yeah. game one in the ninth one. inning. Yeah. Simeon has struggled. Garver <laughs> struggled. Both first basemen, Nathaniel Lowe for the Rangers and Christian Walker for the Diamondbacks, are struggling. But they've made up for it with great pitching, and Tommy Pham is five for nine. I mean, it's—I don't know—I don't know what the TV ratings are going to be. But to me, this is as fascinating as it gets. This big money team put together with free agents, you know, and some creativity by by Chris Young, the Texas GM, and this team with all these, this Arizona team with all these young guys, and a great manager and a great vibe in their room. Um, I don't even been in their room, but everything you see is um, points to that. And their general manager, Mike Hazen, Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello have been together for, I think, nine years now. And it's really the partnership and the love between those two guys and what Tori did as, as Mike dealt with the death of his wife to, uh, last year from an aggressive form of brain cancer and raising four sons on his own. It's a... Uh, you would, uh, it feels like something magical is happening out there in the desert. I understand that. Of course, I root against them because of Wilbon. I root totally against them. I can't <laughs> wait, wait, has he adopted this. him? Of course he has. You know, of course he has. <laughs> wait a minute. He, what about he, the Cubbies? Come on. He, well, no, no. The Cubs are his first love. But, I mean, now <laughs> there's a chance to, to root for an Arizona team. He had to be told who the relievers were and then said how good they were. I love Wilbon. Oh, are we going to um, see him behind home plate at any time? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, God, that would be so... Wouldn't that be I, I don't know if I could take that. And he'd be know. holding a sign, Snakes Alive. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, so the ratings are going to be bad. It, it, yep. it could be one of the greatest series of all time, but the ratings are going to be bad because casual fans are not going to be attracted to teams that they know absolutely nothing about, which right. always leads to this question, because it is a business. It's entertainment, but it's a business. Do you think the playoff structure has to be tweaked in any way? My, my only tweak to it is stop having days off. Just stop having them. But I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I, don't, 
I don't have any problem with that. You know, the way teams travel now, I don't think it's that big a deal. Although the Rangers flying from Seattle to Tampa and having to play the next day, that would be a challenge. But part of this format is we're putting more teams in the playoffs, uh, but we still want to give an advantage uh, in, to the teams that won the division. So is five days too much? What's the right number? You know, you've said a million times, baseball's an everyday game. It's a daily game. You know, yeah, and, and in fact, in the World Series, doesn't off days feel funny? I think it feels funny for the players. Uh, as it, the weather turns cooler and they're, they're accustomed to playing, and all of a sudden all they're doing is answering questions about it. But a lot of it has been this way for a long time. I would not, I don't feel compelled to change playoff format because the best teams didn't get here. If you look at all those best teams, Atlanta, Philadelphia, they all had some, Baltimore particularly, all had some flaws going into the postseason. They weren't at their best. They weren't the teams you'd seen most of the season. So I think we got to do it more than one or two years to, to see. I don't have any problem with the format. I mean, you, 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 you play what's in front of you, and that's what great teams are supposed to do. I, it, it's hard for me to disagree with that, but I'm looking at 300 win teams that, that right. were beaten decisively. Beaten they, decisively. Yes, you know. but, but they all had some issues by the time they got to the postseason. Atlanta was not at its best with with the injuries to its pitching staff. And same thing with Baltimore. They There were some struggles there with the pitching staff. So who you are at the in the final two weeks of September – that's probably who you're going to be in the postseason in terms of health and how you're feeling and the in the vibes. Can you change it? Uh, when when Tommy Pham was benched by Tori Lavello, you know because he wasn't hitting in the I think it was the NLCS. He said, "Hey, hey, you know, one swing can change this." And so I, that's what the Rangers go into Phoenix tonight for Game Three, hoping like. Seeger gets it going with one swing. Simeon gets it going because they've seen it done. It they've done it all summer, and you don't want that to be your legacy going into the postseason. Like I came up small at the biggest time of the year. That's what I worry about with Scherzer. I, I do. Whoa. I mean, it's two in a row. It's two in a row. We couldn't even get out of the third inning. You know. You yeah, say. but he wants the ball. People, you know, he has them. He, he talked his way onto the roster the last round. And you just believe in him. If he tells you I can do it, I can do it. He's always he's been honest about that. We'll see. They're going to have to. You're going to have to have a quick hook in, in the postseason, and that's particularly true. They have a lot of guy converted starters out in their bullpen. Um, have they been very good at some points in the in the in the playoffs? They've been really really good, uh, but it's a different kind of challenge. What you hope is because we love the guy. Everybody that loves the game, I think, loves the guy. You want to see a different – you want to see him write this ending for this season or, or whatever. I agree. You know, same with Kershaw. Like, it hurts me. As a guy who knows Clayton Kershaw and loves the guy and loves what he's meant to the game, it's painful to see the ways he has struggled in October. And, and he takes accountability for it. Like, when you factor me in, when, I'm, when my career's done, I'm going to the Hall of Fame. All this has to be into the mix of the things you consider. Thank you, Richard. We'll talk after the series or maybe in the middle of it. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Richard Justice, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is in case it's very dry where you are today. If you're feeling, you know, your skin is dry and you want to put some lotion on it so it doesn't get too scaly, just immerse yourself in this, in Jeremy Vint. It's just wonderful. Kohler ought to make a Jeremy Vint shower and just play this music as the water descends on you. You're looking very quizzical, Michael. Yeah, this is like the official song of uh, changing your clock back. Just is that is that how you look at yeah, it? Yeah, but with your Kohler example, I just imagined that you're leaning against the the tile, just crying with this. Just <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah, brings out all your emotions, good and bad. Jeremy Vint, totally brilliant. 
Michael, you did Bethesda Bagels today. Why don't you tell the people about it? Oh, I was driving in the dark. Great day, Bethesda Bagel, one of the top Uber Eats delivery places in your great city of Washington, D.C. They're always friendly, always have the bagels ready. Today was a bagel sandwich day, Bethesda Ave. Check out online for a location near you. All right, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say he's the hairy-handed gent who ran amok in Kent. Lately, he's been overheard in Mayfair. You better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. I'd like to meet his tailor. That's the late, great Warren Zevon. Uh, Werewolves of London. Very nice. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Let's see what we've got here as Michael printed up the emails from Chris in Salem, Massachusetts. Good morning. I'm writing you this as I run the Marine Corps Marathon, and I thought you'd appreciate a traffic report. Arlington, bad. D.C., worse. Stay home until Monday, maybe even Tuesday to be safe. So that was this weekend. Yeah, shut down MacArthur Boulevard uh, because of Canal Road. Uh, the boys had to take an alternate route to the playground. That's just wonderful. The people that run the Marine Corps. How did he? St- he did this as he was running? Yeah, I guess you can uh, get amazing. yourself a, a pace, steady From pace. Steve the Sicker fan. With Halloween upon us, here's a few info tidbits to ponder. Early Christians celebrated October 31st as All Hallowed Tide, the eve of All Saints Day. The time in the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead. One theory holds that the Gaelic festival Samhain, marking the end of the harvest season, during which people would go door to door reciting verses in exchange for good, merged with the Christian celebration, and Irish and Scottish settlers brought these celebrations to America. Traditions included having costume parties, carving out turnips or pumpkins, turnips for jack-o'-lanterns, and of course trick-or-treating, which was associated with the Christian tradition of mumming. For those who want more information, just go to Wikipedia, where the whole matter is discussed in exhausting detail. As for me, I'm out on the deck carving up the biggest turnip I can find. After all, what's Happy Halloween without a turnip jack-o'-lantern? I didn't know turnips <laughs> were involved. It's lovely. Uh, it's my yearly reminder to ask you, may I borrow the cape? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. From Alex, uh, Alex Frey, from the same neighborhood as Jason Lockenfora. Yeah, that Jason Lockenfora. I've not yet written in to tout the glory of my repeated David Aldrich moments, but today I bring better news. You see, I need someone to help me hoist my storm doors. It's too heavy for my lovely wife to hold as I screw the door back on. If Lockenfora can get to my house before my very handy neighbor gets back from a West Coast work trip, I'll give him his fifth job. Depending on the quality of his craftsmanship, there's more where that came from, as my to-do list has gotten very long. Could this be the start of Biggs helping Littles? Is Carville handy with a jigsaw? He's handy with a gun and a knife. That was from a... That's a song about a, a man called Christian Clowers or something like that. God, it's so... It's got to be 60 years old. And it's called Wolverton Mountain. They say don't go on Wolverton Mountain. See, somebody look that up and send it. From Joe Farrell in Only Maryland. My sources tell me before Michigan's Connor Stallion began filming opponents' play call signals, he would go to Chatter, film all your restaurant signals, and give them to other Bethesda eateries. You never stood a chance. You should sue, if only you knew a good lawyer. Claude King, 1962. They'd say don't go on Wolverton Mountain if you're looking for a wife, because Clifton Clowers has a pretty young daughter. He's kind of handy with a gun and a knife. Handy with a gun and a knife. Right, do I remember this? Her what time was it? lips are sweeter than honey. 62? 1962. So that's 71 years? Yeah. Oh. No, it's 61 years. Oh, it's scary. Gary From Dana Matt. Ost in Columbia, Maryland, I have a great idea for Jason Lock and Four is number five. Hard to believe with today's weather, but winter is right around the corner. With the Sheehan boys off to college and not available, have you reached out to Jason in regards to shoveling and salting your driveway once the frozen precip comes? It's a long-distance ride for him. I think we're going to count on pineapple. Yeah, with all, these, uh, with all the uh, tree seeds, though, it's going to be a bad winter. And the acorns, all the yeah. acorns falling. Everyone says that. All the folk... Lore says it's going to be a very bad winter. Mike from Memphis. James did it again with his triple plays involving Arizona and Arizona State. Both won their games. Were they triples? Were they both triples? I didn't think they were triple plays. They no, both double won. play. They, hmm, double play. So he gets credit for two on that. We'll have to get to that. James Clements, Culpeper, Virginia. I'm writing to share a story that may be of some amusement to you and your listeners. Against my better judgment, I volunteered to serve as a chaperone for my son's class trip to the National Zoo on Friday. We had beautiful summer weather in late October and no summer crowds. It was a great day, but the highlight happened early. My group of kids was super excited to see the pandas, even more so than usual because their days in D.C. are numbered. The pandas, not the kids. I told them that was great because we were going to see the monkeys first. When we got to the small mammal house, I found a volunteer and asked if Reginald was around. Her look to me was about the same as the look the kids gave me when I told them we were going to see the monkeys. Then she looked at me and said, I don't know and I don't care. That SOB has cost me $1,000 already this year. 
He was 1-1-1 yesterday. Greg Spinelli, McLean, Virginia. While listening to your discussion of bad 70s songs, I anxiously awaited to hear mention of Jeremiah was a bullfrog. How could you miss this one? Seriously, what are we doing out here? Jeannie would say that because that's Three Dog Night. Jeannie hates Three Dog Night. Absolutely hates it. Um, no Jeremy Vint. From The Hammer in Ontario, Canada. As we approach the dreaded Hallmark movie marathon, Bonanza of Subaru Death, you'll be happy to know that Nate Bargatze did an SNL skit this past weekend. It was truly amazing. Michael showed it Autumn to me this Hollow. morning. It's just wonderful. With names I believe that it was an human. homage to your love of Hallmark movies and this show. I attached the link for a laugh. Looking forward to all the Littles replies on this for weeks on end. Here's another one. Actually, Jody Schmuck. Jody Schmuck, like Peter Schmuck. Wow. Your buddy Nate Bargatze did a great job on Saturday Night Live. But I was a little disappointed there wasn't a little cheesery. Even to thank you to Mr. Tony for all the success after being on your show. You think the guys would show a little respect. Anyway, keep up the good work, and I'm sorry you got big league. Could you explain, Michael, explain how, how the skit worked and how brilliant it was? Uh, it was this brilliant. is just one of their, their pre-produced videos, and it was done in the style of a Hallmark movie. You, know, you have the voiceover. You have the leaves falling. All they were missing was a gazebo. Or a hollow. Uh, but, yes, this is, uh, you know, you have, it's done in the style of I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, Scream, all those. Uh, but it's set where you have a journalist who comes back to her hometown from New York. She's on a deadline to write a 3,000-word essay on the true meaning of love. And she runs into her high school crush who was actually in her house trying to kill her and her family. <laughs> it's, it's very, very funny. It, it's just really very funny. You know, so I'm really glad Bargazzi got that. Yeah, great shoes on the show. I would say and his opening was very solid. The happiest guy in the world would be Garcia. Because they're pals. They're tight pals now. So that's and wonderful. he worked into other people's sketches seamlessly. Well, that's good. That's good. He's funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you're out on your bike time, Netflix everyone, special. as always, do wear white. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Bing. Superman, don't you slow me down. I had it planned on stopping for at least another couple of towns. And by the end of the day, I mean to make my way out of Ohio. Saw a billboard sign back there Told me hell is real I believe it, man In fact, I've seen it It's called Highway 71 And I've been on this empty road for hours now Faking in Midwestern sun Now I don't need to drive to California Settle for the Indiana line But if I'm gonna find myself Gonna have to look someplace else I need To get out of Ohio Had a daddy who got drunk and mean And mama couldn't help me No, no, no Lord knows she had problems of her own But I did the thing that she could never do Got the hell out of Ohio I didn't want to settle for the middle I had to push beyond the boundary signs But if I'm gonna find myself It's gonna have to be someplace else Color outside the lines Of Ohio I 
And we all need someone to blame But I won't let it drag you under And I won't forget your name I've been doing my part To make it better So I can't see why You will not try To work with me You should know better 